You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on AGW, we are joined by Carrie Lopez. Carrie grew up in a large family in the suburbs of New York City, where she spent her childhood active in both sports as well as in imagination, letting her creativity shine whenever she could. With early dreams of becoming a marine biologist and or a movie star, Carrie has an equally cool job as she now works on the product team at Instagram. Growing up, Carrie loved playing dolls with her sister and had quite the collection of American girls, including her first AG, Josefina. Carrie interacted with the world of American Girl in all of our favorite ways, from the catalog to the books and going to the AG store. But we want to hear it from her. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you and to dive into your AG memories together. I absolutely cannot wait to chat with you today, Carrie. We knew each other years and years ago when you were working at Birchbox and I was and still am at Amika, but I mean, American Girl certainly never came up between us when we were working together closely. And I always think it's really cool that you could you know, know someone and, you know, have this life conversation with someone, but there is something even further connecting us from the past. Um, So really excited to hear your AG history and journey today. Yes. And I'm so excited this podcast exists. I listened to it with my husband, the first episode that you released in a car ride a few weeks ago, and he was (laughs) learning so much about it. <laughs> I never actually told him like that I played with them growing up. And it was just really funny hearing like a 37 year old man <laughs> understand American girls for the first time. Oh my God. You know, Did- it, it's, I was going to just say like, I don't know, Lindsay, if you've had this experience, but it's like kind of hard to explain to like a non-female identifying audience, like what the appeal is to American Girl, because I feel like it's so unique in like its phenomenon for the time period that like, if I'm ever trying to explain to like a guy or like my dad or like my brother or a guy friend, whoever, you know, like why it was so special, it's like hard to like really get to like the like essence of like why it was such an important (laughs) part of growing up because I think there's just something so uniquely like women's experiences and like women in history like just really like drilled down really well into the AG universe so yeah I I feel like it's like only girls get it you know (laughs) (laughs) it's true when I I was traveling this summer in Germany visiting my husband's family and um, our podcast came up quite a lot uh, when, you know, in, in conversation and to tell people about American Girl and to describe 
the dolls and their personalities and just the whole concept around it was always really interesting. I actually wish I recorded those conversations because on a couple of them, I was like, you know, what do you, who do you think this girl is? Like, what does she do? What's her vibe? Um, and it was really interesting to hear people's answers. Cause I feel like, I don't know, there's just such like a richness to the AG world that, yeah, if, if you weren't a part of it, like you're not going to get it. Uh, right. But what did, <laughs> what did your, what did your husband think? Had he like heard about American girls before? I don't think he had, which is unusual because he grew up in the city. Um, he was also like a late eighties, uh, child, early nineties child. And I don't think he had ever heard of it before. And I wish I recorded our conversation because I think maybe in your first episode, you brought up the like clothing for that you could buy for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him about that. And he was like, oh my gosh, like just his reactions were like kind of horrified, but also really serious. <laughs> and then when you started talking about bitty babies, that it was just, he said something ridiculous. I was actually asking him earlier to remind me because I thought it was so funny and he couldn't remember. I can't remember, but he definitely got introduced for the first time um, in 2022, which is kind of a shocker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I hope that maybe we've made a fan out of him on some level uh, now that he's learned a little bit more about it. I think like it's hard to convey to people and have them even like people who, you know, maybe were aware of it, but weren't interested in it. They're like, oh yeah, it's dolls. And it's like, okay, but it's not just dolls. It's, right. it's so much more than, than that. It's the whole experience of the catalog and the stories and whatever. So um, yeah, I, I'm excited for us to, to dive into your special memories, Carrie. Me too. And um, we will make a fan of him. Totally. (laughs) So before we get into American Girl, Carrie, what were you like growing up? Okay. So growing up, I was, I am the fifth of seven kids. um, So I have a very large family. I was the youngest of the five of us for until I was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was, you know, the baby of the family for quite some time. And then my sister Maddie came along um, and kind of took that role for me. So I became like the middle child. I think because I was part of such a big family with so many siblings, it caused me to be a bit of a dramatic child. Um, like I definitely leaned into my feelings when I needed to be heard, um, but also was um, very into like drama, like, you know, musical theater, music, sports, Mm -hmm. like I leaned really heavily into all of my passions to kind of like make my presence known. It was a very confident kid. I would actually call my friend's parents and schedule my own play dates. Um, (laughs) I would like call them by their first names. I called one of my friend's dads by his, like, I didn't realize it was like his pet name. (laughs) I called him. Because I just, that's what I heard. And he was like, what? <laughs> um, so very confident, very just like go-getter. And yeah, big imagination. As you mentioned, I played with American Girl Dolls with my little sister, um, who's, yeah, four and a half years or five years younger than me. And um, definitely played with dolls for like until it was like maybe a little bit inappropriate for my age <laughs> uh, group, but 
it was a good outlet, I think, for my like drama and creativity. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a common theme that we hear on this podcast from our guests, like playing just up into the point where it's, you know, yeah, that invisible line there. Honestly, if I had grown up with a sister, I would have played with American Girl dolls for way longer because right. um, I think like having a younger sister would have been a great excuse for me to keep playing with them because <laughs> it was still fun. I was always tempted to still play with them. Um, so yeah, like being able to share that with a, a younger sibling is nice because you get to experience it yourself and then also kind of through them. Yeah, for sure. And I think by the time my younger sister and I were old enough to, by the time we, I got my first American Girl doll, um, a lot of my older siblings were like in high school and maybe even my oldest sister was in college. So there started to be more like, I guess, money for us to have our own toys. And so <laughs> my younger sister, Maddie, and I would sort of like scheme together on like what new American Girl doll <laughs> things we would want or Barbies or various items. And that was sort of like a new era I think in our household where it went from just having all hand-me-downs to like getting to have our own stuff yeah oh, that's yeah so fun. you guys got in right at the perfect time it was like the golden age of, <laughs> of American Girl and you had like that disposable income for for toys that was new so it was like the timing couldn't be more perfect yeah. um well Carrie we would love to hear about your American Girl origin stories. So how did you um, acquire the dolls that you had? Because you had a quite a collection. Was there a specific um, instance that comes to mind uh, when you think about getting your first American Girl doll? So I definitely heard about American Girl doll at school. Um, I like vividly remember being on the playground when I first heard about American Girl doll. And I remember um, that was also when I first bragged about getting my first American Girl doll. Um, <laughs> I can literally remember like where on the playground I was. I actually, I texted my mom earlier to ask her like how we managed to finally get such an expensive, like brand new doll. Um, and she hasn't texted me back, but I would imagine it was like Christmas or birthday or some big celebration. Um, but it was definitely figuring out a way to finally get my mom to buy that doll. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, Josefina was my first doll. Um, I felt like I was a very early adopter, um, because I got her the year she came out and that was like a pride for me. Yeah. How old were you when you got her? I was nine. So I think I was in like third or fourth grade. Yeah. Were you actively campaigning for Josefina or do you remember what, um, that process was like, like, did you see her in the catalog as this new doll that you were excited about? Definitely campaigning for Josefina. I don't know how I first learned about her specifically, but I was definitely the first among my friends to get Josefina. And I'm, I also am trying to figure out like, like, again, like how my mom sort of finally allowed such a, again, like splurge of a like brand new present when I up until then had mostly like hand-me-down dolls for my older sisters, but I was rereading her story and she has three older sisters. Like 
she's very family oriented. Like I feel like my mom probably did research and was like, this is like a wholesome, great thing for my daughter to like participate in. Um, probably like Barbies and the other (laughs) on the market. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she was maybe like also living like a little vicariously. Like she was like, oh, this is a a great like option. And, you know, you were able to relate to Josefina's story a little bit. I think there was something just really cool. I can't put my finger on it, but really interesting about Josefina when she came out because I got her either in 1998 or 1999. And I had Samantha before her. And I remember like looking in the catalog and thinking, oh my God, like this doll is like different from all the other ones. She's so cool. Like her story is really interesting. So I can totally see why you were drawn to her. I feel like a lot of the people that we've talked to that had her like have said that there was just something like really refreshing about her as compared to like the original five that came before her. Yeah. I think she was, she was definitely different. I think I read online that like her face molds was like the first time they like changed the molds for American girl doll faces, which is really interesting. But I think what also attracted me to her, her was my, so my last name is Lopez. I'm a quarter Peruvian and people just the second they hear my last name, assume that I speak Spanish. They start speaking to me in Spanish. I wasn't raised speaking Spanish, but I think I probably had like a bit of a like cultural identity moment. And I felt connected with Josefina because she looked a little bit more like me. And yeah, I just wanted to like, you know, she's not Peruvian. She, I think was in New Mexico. She's Mexican, but I think just like learning a bit more about like some Spanish culture. And I found it so cool too, that her books had like Spanish words woven throughout. Um, so like on that level, it was like a really, I think important part of my like childhood experience to connect with a doll like that. Yeah, definitely. Were you reading her books before you got her or what was that like? I definitely read them once I got her Mm -hmm. and I for sure read her story in the catalog and like help that helped me like identify, sort of that connection, but yeah, once I got her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just bought a catalog on eBay. I've been like slowly collecting this American girl literature (laughs) piece by piece. I've been like getting all of the old AG magazines, um, from the mid nineties and some of the catalogs and, Um, There are catalogs online that we reference quite often here, um, an amazing resource, but I think those catalogs are from um, the early nineties, maybe 1992-ish to 96. And while there are like subtle changes with each catalog, the catalog that I recently got on eBay is from 1997 and it's like a huge leap into like the next era of American girl. And I don't know exactly when Josefina came out, but in the catalog that I received, it has her as a new doll and it's like, a it, it's a big moment, like to, you know, receive the catalog for years and years with the original five dolls. And then get to, you know, experience a completely new doll with a totally, you know, unique story and, you know, seeing her beautiful clothing and accessories, like her collection was 
so gorgeous. Um, uh, incredible. My, it's one of my, it's maybe my favorite out of all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Like what an exciting moment. Like I totally could see being so drawn to it. Yeah. yeah. It was really well made. Like she, her, I think her moccasins were like actually made of real leather. Yeah. They felt very high quality. If I'm remembering correctly, like they were legit, like real moccasins, but just miniature. <laughs> And she had like the beautiful, I'm wearing my gold hoop earrings in her honor. She had the great <laughs> Yeah. Um, she had good, good style. And it was just, it felt more like comfortable and sort of easy than some of the other American girls whose style I also like completely adored, but very different. Right. I think that there were a couple of dolls and I'm thinking like, Kirsten and Josefina and then maybe like down the line there's also Rebecca who is Jewish and I think that what those American girl dolls sort of help illustrate is like you know being American doesn't necessarily mean you have to like fully identify with like white American culture like um, obviously like Josefina um, has a lot of Mexican influence in in her story you know growing up in New Mexico and then um, I think uh, Kirsten immigrated from Sweden so you know that's kind of like a different take so I think like it's nice that they were able to give backstories that were a little bit more nuanced than just like oh revolutionary war world war ii um Mm -hmm. those types of things that are obviously things you're going to learn about in school pretty prominently um these are those are almost more like um lesser told stories that i think like ag gave a nice um intro to and made us want to learn more a little bit yeah Yeah, that's a great point it made for like some of the best books too. Um, yeah. To learn about like the different Christmas traditions and um, just, yeah, more than you were learning in like history class. Right. They showed a lot of different intersections of history mm-hmm. and culture and where they meet. Yeah, totally. So Carrie, after you had received Josefina, who came next? So I think Kirsten, Kirsten, Kirsten. You can say it it however you want. We, we say Kirsten here, but if you called her Kirsten growing up, we could (laughs) call her whatever. I called her Kirsten, but I now am friends with a Kirsten. Um, So (laughs) Kirsten uh, came next. She was my younger sister, Maddie Stahl. um, So she was next in line. I connected with Kirsten less. um, I think of most of the dolls, Maddie had Kirsten and Molly um specifically mm-hmm. and then we got Felicity and Samantha who were technically mine and I think we got Addie as well so that's the whole squad right there that's everyone right? yeah <laughs> there was like Kit, I think Kit came around the time where I was like okay I'm like definitely too old to be playing with American girl dolls I don't like if you told me the year it was probably like eighth grade like I think it was like a little too late but I remember thinking Kit was interesting after your interest waned from American girls did your sisters as well like did she did she quit at the same time you did yeah I think so I think it sort of faded out and I feel like at that point it was probably like the early 2000s um and other like 
toys were coming into vogue, like the internet was becoming something we, you know, interacted with more. Although my youngest sister, Mia, did play with them when she was growing up. So she's a lot younger than us, but she ended up inheriting the dolls. Um, and ironically, wow. <laughs> ironically, I'm trying to now get them back from my mom, my doll specifically, because now I have a toddler and I want him to ultimately inherit them. And Mia apparently has claimed them as her own. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like you get precedence because you were the one that started it all. <laughs> I agree. And it was like, you, you know, like when you're a kid, you kind of like choose how to spend your birthday and Christmas budget. And that's, I spent it on these dolls. So I think they are my dolls, but it's an argument for another time. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's room for negotiation with, with six dolls in the mix. Um, I I feel like you should at least get a partial quantity, (laughs) right? Six dolls, three gals. I think, I think there are some, uh, divisions there that can be made. (laughs) Um, like a draft. (laughs) Exactly. A a sign in, sign out sheet for them. (laughs) So you were, you know, acquiring all these dolls. Did you have any specific collection of doll accessories and clothing that you really loved? Like, did you acquire a lot of Josefina's items, maybe more so than Kirsten's? Um, What were your, what were your favorite accessories? So I think my So I think Felicity and Samantha were probably tied as my second favorites after Josefina. Um, And I think the clothing and accessories that I collected the most of was probably Felicity. So um, I had her Christmas gown, that like beautiful blue, Mm -hmm. like satin gown Mm -hmm. that came up as like very like chic uh, matching ribbon and choker. Um, I had her birthday outfit. I'm pretty I sure I had her Felicity's birthday outfit. <laughs> love it. I, that doesn't surprise me. That I, I know. <laughs> I th- I. It's funny. I feel like I have her tea set and her lamb, but like I, I also might have just like manifested that into my like memories. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another I had common her, like, occurrence. Yeah. Very. Very common. <laughs> right. We're like, did I have this or did I just look at it enough times in the catalog to think that right. I did? Did I like just circle it many, many times? I also right. posted this white summer gown, um, which was so uh, beautiful and reminiscent of like the current nap dress craze. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is Laura and I have gone through the catalog many times. And I think that's like our highest ranked outfit. Right, Laura? It's always at the top of every list. And for a short period of time, they made that outfit for like girl size. And I just can't even imagine like how much I would have wanted that if I had been like the right age when that was available in like your girl size in the catalog. I would have begged for that dress. I want it, <laughs> I want it now if they had in like the biggest kid size, it might fit me now. Right. Honestly, like there has to be a seamstress out there who could just create all of these outfits for adults. They would make yeah. a killing. Or like 
I mean, I still think that there's a huge opportunity for Hill House to collaborate with American Girl and maybe like Mm -hmm. create some modified versions, everyday versions of these outfits because I mean, I know I would be getting getting that for sure. Right. Between like the nap dress and their like hair ribbons, like they're already halfway there. So I feel right. like yeah. Totally. I think the nightgowns could also be an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Felicity's collection is great. And Carrie, you also mentioned in your survey that you coveted her horse. Is that correct? I did. That's another one where I'm trying to like, I don't think I owned it. I think I just like manifested owning it. And so now I, think I own it. <laughs> but I love her horse. And her, she had a lamb that I loved as well. But yeah, Posey. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier that you might have had some of the outfits for yourself, a girl size outfit. Did you own any of these or did you want them? I, so I wanted them. I did not own any. And okay. in retrospect, I think my mom made the right decision. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was for the best that I didn't own them. Fair. Do. Yeah. do you remember which ones you wanted specifically? I think I wanted the versions of the three from Felicity I just mentioned. So the Christmas one, the birthday look, and the summer outfit. I also loved um, Samantha's like winter coat and like oh yeah New York City sort of chic winter look. I loved that um, the fur like muff situation and like beret. Yeah, mm-hmm. every so year cute. I think I'm gonna get a muff like Samantha's, but I never make it happen. But maybe this winter. <laughs> oh my god, it's gosh. so chic. That outfit was just it's stunning. Such Lindsay, a- I would love to see you walk down the street with him. The home decor, like now that I own a house, I'm like, you know, furnishing still some of the rooms. I like really respect some of the home decor, like some of the beds and desks specifically. Um, they just had some like really great period pieces that I wish I could find at like an antique shop near me. Right. Yeah. They seem really well made too for doll furniture. And a lot of them are very classic, timeless pieces. I had um, Josefina's bed, which was a favorite furniture piece of mine. And I feel like it was like solid wood. Like they really put, you know, some budget into those items to make them like very good, authentic quality. Agreed. I had her bed as well. That was a really, really good bed. Yeah. The blanket though was like sandpaper. (laughs) 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 It was just not, not, (laughs) yeah, it was not like high. (laughs) It looked amazing. It was not high on the comfort scale. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Carrie, I know you recently took a look at the catalog from the link that we sent you. Was there anything like that stood out to you that you would um, incorporate into your home today? I would say in terms of the furnishings specifically in the book. um, So definitely some of the desks. I loved Samantha's desk. Um, I don't know that that would go with all of my like home aesthetic, but I think it was a really cool wooden desk. It had this, this like, very like cool detailed, like iron 
um, I don't know, even know what it was, like the legs or like the side of the desk. Mm. Right. Um, Molly and Addie also had great desks. You can tell I'm like in a sort of like, I need to renovate my home office <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right now, but yeah, I liked their desks a lot as well. I think Addie probably had like the best desk. It was very regal. Yeah, I agree. We did an episode a couple weeks ago where we were ranking all of the school outfits and accessories and we went like item by item and also ranked each dress, each desk, each um, accessory pack. And Addie's desk was very high on the list. Um, if not the highest, that set was really, really adorable. Yeah. And we hadn't really thought about it. I don't think until we went back through and mm-hmm. looked at it, you know, with an adult's eye and we were like, wow, this is great quality. And it's big. Right. And you can actually fit two dolls at it, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like the, all those desks are like, so authentic too to like the time period for the schools and they're so well made they're probably like nicer than the actual desks we had at school growing up (laughs) (laughs) truly though (laughs) I think like I also appreciate Felicity's um table setting from her birthday story like she had really well-made china and um everything just like fit really nicely like i would if i like threw a tea party today i feel like that would be the like tablescape i would try to emulate Ooh, that was opulent i think that was too highbrow for my taste uh then and now (laughs) (laughs) i could appreciate it though it's so beautiful uh yeah samantha's tea set is like has my heart um (laughs) It's so fun. We did a we did an episode. Sorry to keep referencing former episodes, but we did one a couple weeks ago where we had a budget of five hundred dollars imaginative, and Laura and I went through and shared what we would purchase with that amount of money in like a catalog from nineteen ninety six, so like pre inflation too, and that tea set from Samantha was on both of our lists as well as her bed. (laughs) She had a good bed. She had, yeah, she, I feel like grand Mary really like helped Samantha out with all of her. (laughs) Yeah. Grand Mary was a real taste maker. I feel like she had impeccable taste. I feel like she, I would put grand Mary's aesthetic on the level of like a Martha Stewart or Ina Garten where it's just like so like identifiable I feel like Grand Grand Mary could have like a book on the like (laughs) aesthetic of her Victorian home because there's so much like that's pictured in the books that like we didn't have like furniture corresponding for that would have been amazing Right. I think about her as like Patricia from Southern Charm. Um, yes. Like the random like plates and stuff like hanging on her wall. Like I feel like that's kind of a Grant Mary vibe. Totally. Yeah, every, everyone gives Samantha credit for having amazing style, but really it's Grand Mary. It is. Yeah. Grand Mary was, you know, she was investing. She had those heirlooms. I mean, I think that if I were Samantha, I would have lived in Grand Mary's house for the rest of my life. 
fame. <laughs> um, Carrie, when you were like looking through the catalog as a kid, was that an activity that you did with your younger sister or with your mom? Um, did you guys like look forward to receiving that in the mail? 100%. I actually, I really miss the catalog days in general. Um, like I do think that e-commerce is this like next phase of the print catalogs, but it's just not as like fun. Um, so I definitely coveted the catalogs every time they came. I wish I had saved them. I feel like maybe I'll discover them at some point, like in my parents' basement and I'll mail you both summer. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. That would be amazing. <laughs> But I would definitely go through, I would like circle and earmark all of my favorites and um, definitely go through with my sister too. So we could like scheme on how we would get the next, the next American girl thing. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, were you guys sort of strategizing and collaborating? Because it sounds like, you know, with both of you sort of in the mix with your collections, there's a lot of room to, um, you know, expand your collection when there's two of you picking stuff out. Yeah, I would say I was the brains behind the operation. Like I came in with like the strategy and the pitch mm-hmm. and Maddie was just like a really adorable kid. So I feel like <laughs> I came in with like the charm <laughs> to kind of like push the deal over the edge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we definitely, definitely a lot of collaboration and scheming to expand our collection. That's so cute. Now you grew up in Westchester County, so a pretty quick distance from New York City. Did you ever go to the American Girl store on Fifth Avenue? We did. And it was a very, very amazing day. So Maddie, as I mentioned, had Kirsten and she very quickly took Kirsten's beautiful braids out. And (laughs) We all know what happens when you do that. Like she just has this like crazy hair that like is, it's unclear how to like tame it back down. Yep. Um, so we lived like that kind of in squalor with Kirsten. It's like <laughs> crazy mess for quite a while. Um, and I, I remember we brought Kirsten with us. We went to like the salon to get her hair fixed up. And then we had the like tea, right? They had like some mm-hmm. sort of like tea party thing that we participated in as well. It was such a fun day. That's so fun. I never really thought about it, but in like that era, they must've been fixing so many Kirsten dolls hair. I mean, the options were to send her back to the doll hospital, you know, to get it perfectly well braided. Um, but it also is kind of interesting to think about like the type of training that the salon stylist had for the doll hair specifically with Kirsten. I feel like that was probably like a whole, a whole chapter in the training, how to get her hair back to natural state. Yeah. I I feel like there must've been like their top three dolls that they received back for hair uh, alterations. Like I think probably for me, it was Josefina. I absolutely destroyed her hair. Um, but it was because I like loved playing with her so much. Like she just never got a break. Um, so (laughs) she had a nice braid that if you took out, could be a little bit detrimental. Kirsten obviously can't be too crazy with her hair. I'm sure Molly with those two braids too, you would want to keep those intact. So I'm sure they were getting a lot of those ones in the doll hospital or at the doll salon and not 
really like the Samanthas or the Felicities that just had like straight hair. (laughs) And if you did send one of those in, you you must have really effed it up because those <laughs> ones were hard to hard to do. Although Lindsay, I don't know. No, I'm like, <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> I, Carrie, I gave my Felicity a very uh, choppy haircut, which I'm still grappling with if I'm going to rewig her or <laughs> let her be. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I mean, I feel like you're kind of bringing her into the new era, right? Although I don't know how choppy you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. And an unintentional lob asymmetrical. Um, (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't look great, but as we've discussed on this podcast, the wig that I got on Etsy, that is, you know, a perfect color match the style of it is more of a big bouncy blowout <laughs> with some pretty distinct you know some curls with a 32 millimeter curler like it well she was a Virginia girl so right honestly yeah <laughs> I'm like it it's not fitting with her era I think someone left a comment on our Instagram recently about boiling the doll hair. So I'm going to look into that. It might be something that kind of like tones it down a bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But my my husband is eagerly awaiting for me to make a decision because, you know, once I rewig her, I was like, I'll bring her back to my parents' house in Connecticut. Like we don't need a doll in our apartment. Um, <laughs> there isn't that much space for her here, but I, I don't know. I just haven't made up my mind yet ben ben is like there are three people in this marriage me lindsay and Felicity. <laughs> he, he wants her out right <laughs> right she's like sleeping between between you <laughs> oh my night. god she i had her like next to the bed at one point like just against the wall and i i couldn't i like had to put her in the hallway it was too weird <laughs> but it's it's pretty cool to like see her again and hold her. I found her in my parents' attic after a very long search only pretty recently. I think I uncovered her maybe in like May or June of this year. So, um, and that was after looking for her for years. So (laughs) it's like good to have her back. Have you, have you like seen any of your dolls recently, Carrie? No, because my sister Mia is holding them hostage. Um, (laughs) But I think like at some point soon, I'll probably go to my parents' house. I think they're either like in one of the closets of like one of our old bedrooms or in the basement. And I think I just need to like demand what's mine. (laughs) Yeah. Take custody of them. If you could, if you could only pick two from your collection, which two would you take back to your house? (sighs) Probably Josefina and Felicity. I would say Samantha's like a very close third, but I think Josefina and Felicity. Yeah. yeah. I feel like those are like two of the best ones to like get an intro to American Girl. Like if your son ever wanted to like get into it. Yeah. Um, but do you think your sisters would fight you on that? Are Were those like hot commodities for them too? Or were they more into like Kirsten and Samantha Addie. So I think Maddie would definitely want Kirsten and Molly 
both of whom I have no interest in. I felt like Molly was like a little bit too, I hate to say this because I don't know who else you've interviewed, but Molly to me is just kind of basic. I feel like everyone had Molly. Everyone wanted Molly. She was like the hot commodity doll. Hmm. Um, So I just have no interest. There are a lot of polarizing thoughts about Molly on this podcast. Ours included. We we are not Molly girls. (laughs) Yeah, it's not interesting. Yeah, personally, like as a kid growing up, I found her to be boring because I didn't think her story was like old enough. Like the other ones Mm -hmm. seemed like very far off in time. But at the time that like we were all into AG, the 1940s was only 50 years prior. So I don't know. She just she just didn't feel like as um unique as the other ones I feel like but right but that's fine your sister can take her (laughs) yeah she would want Kirsten and Molly and then yeah I think we would fight over Addie and Samantha um I think those would be the two contentious ones but maybe that could be those could be Mia's Mm. well keep us posted on what ends up happening we're we're rooting for you to get the ones you want if not the whole collection (laughs) right the ones that are rightfully yours (laughs) All right. Well, Carrie, we love to end the question portion of our podcast with asking all of our guests the same question. And that is what lasting impression did American girl leave on you? I would say respecting history and women's place in history is part of the lasting impression it left on me. I also have this kind of weird theory that I tend to only bring up when I'm like very drunk. Um, but I feel like this is a safe space. (laughs) I think there are like two types of people in the world. There's like old souls and new souls. And I think when you like kind of connect with a specific era, um, or a few specific eras, that's like where your soul used to be. Um, so I had like very specific eras that date back to like, you know, some are like thousands of years ago, some are more recent, but I like connect with them very deeply. And, um, I think that American girl doll can be kind of like a stepping stone into that, like sort of seeing which stories resonate with you, which dolls resonate with you. Um, especially for people who are old souls. My husband is a new soul. I think he's lived like one previous life. Um, and I think that's part of why he just doesn't have the respect for American girls <laughs> that we do. Oh my goodness. That was so beautifully said. I mean, nobody has ever articulated that phenomenon as long as we've been asking this question. And I think it really gets to something that we've found with a lot of our guests, which is that, um, yeah, you do have to be sort of a certain kind of person to really get the most out of American Girl um, in the way that I think we all were just like fully immersed in the world. And it feels like something that, um, you know, you definitely encounter people in your childhood, like if you're into AG or like I'm thinking also of like the Dear America or Royal Diaries books where people are like, oh, why do you like that? And it's like, right. how do you not like this? <laughs> like, it's so interesting. Um, I think some people just like they don't connect with history in that way. But I like I love the idea of old souls and new souls. It's a really fun dinner party game um, to 
play with friends and to have like to guess each other's kind of like former lives and you would be surprised at like how spot on like close friends can be um, with also like the lives that you think you've lived in the past yeah what are some of the lives and eras that you think you've lived in oh my gosh this is like uh revealing too much I (laughs) would say um I was like very into the story of Pocahontas. So I think I lived at that time, probably as a Native American. Um, I'm also like obsessed with the royal family and British history, um, like to a weird degree. Like I like love any like shows, like The Crown is one of my favorite shows and other people are like, this is the most boring show I've ever watched. So <laughs> I think um, like an old sort of like Victorian era of England, um, like fascinated by the Holocaust and that whole era. There's just, and like also the civil war, there's, there's like a lot of lives I think I've lived in the past, but those would be like probably my top four, which is interesting because Josefina actually doesn't like fit in any of those. And I don't think I really like I liked learning about her culture, but I, her, like that time in history didn't resonate with me as much. Um, so I think it makes sense that. Yeah. That's so interesting. Have you ever gone to a medium before who's talked about past lives? No, but I am dying to, I feel like it would be such a fun team building event at work right. or like a birthday party. My birthday is actually coming up. Maybe I'll make that my birthday party. Yes. Oh my goodness. You should like someone who could maybe confirm for you, like not give them any indication of what eras you think you've lived in. I feel like that'd be so interesting. Yeah. That would be so cool. Go what ahead. Do you think your past lives were? Mm, for mine, even though I just said this time period is boring or like was boring to me as a kid, um, I really resonate with like the 1930s and 40s when I was in high school. I was absolutely like enmeshed in like 1940s, like Hollywood cinema, learning all about that. Um, I was like reading every single book I could on like every actor, actress, and just really loved like engaging with media from that time period. I think also for me, I love like a Downton Abbey time period era, like the twenties, Europe, everything about that is like my favorite. Also, if we go like really far back, I had like an obsession with like ancient Greece and ancient Egypt. So Mm. I feel like that's a big one too. Those are good. So interesting. (laughs) Laura, what do you think I'm going to (laughs) say? I mean, I, I have, I have a hunch. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I I do too. (laughs) So my, I, I think I really gravitate towards two eras and places and, uh, histories. And one is, um, 18th century France, um, Marie Antoinette of it all. And then also like the late 1800s. Um, I love, I, I'm just super drawn to anything from the Victorian era. And that's hopefully where my my past lives have been to experience. <laughs> Lindsay, you're like the queen of dinner party games. I feel like um, you had some great ones the last time I was at your apartment for a dinner party. I feel like this game would fit perfectly into your repertoire. 
I love this. <laughs> I'm definitely going to steal this idea, Carrie. Thank you for the inspo. Welcome. Uh, well, shall we get into our games? Let's do it. All or right, rather so- our activities. I feel like I keep calling yeah. them games and they're not games. They're just activities. <laughs> right? Yeah. A little progression or digression from the questions, but mm-hmm. with more questions. Yes. Um, <laughs> So Carrie, speaking of dinner parties, if you could have dinner with any two American girl dolls or secondary characters, their friends, their families, I would love to hear who you would have dinner with and consider conversation between the two of them. And then also questions that you could ask both of them and the interactions. That's such a good question. Um, So definitely Josefina. Again, she is such a like close, warm place in my heart. Um, And she's also like her vibe, I just feel like is really good for a dinner party. Like she's really thoughtful. I feel like she would like bring some like amazing home-cooked dish or like a nice gift. And she's really just like, I feel like she would be very like helpful and sweet at a dinner party. And then I guess kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum would be Grand Mary. I yes. <laughs> would love to have her for dinner. I feel like she would just be so fun and we would get really drunk together and it would just be a good time. I don't know how they would interact. <laughs> That's like a weird thing to think about. I mean, right? Yeah. I, I, think like Grand Mary would respect Josefina and like enjoy her personality. So I think they would have a good interaction. I think Josefina would be very intimidated by Grand Mary. Um, and she's like one of the shyer American girl dolls. So she would mm-hmm. probably be more reserved, but yeah. if it was like, enough dinner party, we could probably get her out of her shell. Right. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> pairing too. And it's also interesting to think about like, I mean, we've never talked about this with our guests, but like at what age are the characters, right? We're not going to think that far into it, but like Grand Mary was born probably in like the 1860s. I think Josefina is 1812, 1830s, I think, or 1820s maybe. Okay. So there was definitely a time where they overlapped, um, Mm -hmm. God willing for Josefina's sake, but like there is probably some commonalities potentially there. Um, but yeah, I think that I, I think they could have some really interesting conversation with each other. You know, what would be an interesting question too, maybe for the future. If, If you could ask one American girl, any three questions, what would they be? <laughs> I love that. That's like, a great one. What would you ask Grand Mary? <laughs> oh my God. That's I feel good. like that would be so interesting. I also feel like in the, in the mix of this dinner party, you know, Grand Mary being a upper class woman of her time probably has excellent conversation and manner skills that I feel Mm. like she could engage with anybody who came to dinner because like she probably went to like finishing school and like learned about like the art of conversation (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) very good point Laura (laughs) 
All right. Well, I guess we'll get into my little fun activity. So Carrie, you gave um, actually a great list of a mix of celebrities, um, but I'm going to choose one from this list you provided in your survey. And you are going to say which doll you think they would have. So the one I'm going to choose is Zoe Kravitz. Which doll do you think Zoe Kravitz would get? That's a really good question. Hmm. I think she would get Felicity. Mm, Why do you say that? I think of Zoe Kravitz as being like a very independent spirit and she's like a little feisty like Felicity I feel like she has a great fashion game and would connect with Felicity on that level so I'm gonna say Felicity for Zoe Kravitz I think that's a great answer I think they're both sort of like trailblazers in different ways they're very unique and sort of you know do their own thing independently um of like trends. I think that Felicity has a little bit of effortless cool to her, like Zoe Kravitz says. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's a good match. Yeah. They're both like rule breakers. Right. Yeah, exactly. Great answer. (laughs) Uh, Well, Carrie, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing more about your American girl experience. Thank you guys. I'm excited to use this podcast episode to educate my husband about (laughs) childhood and to make a case to my mom and my sisters to get my dolls back. (laughs) Yes, we're we're rooting for you. Please keep us posted. I will. Seriously. I mean, if this is an evidence that you should have all of the dolls, you went as far (laughs) as to get yourself on an American girl podcast. (laughs) 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 Carrie, let everyone know where they could find you after this. You can find me on Instagram, my favorite social media app (laughs) at K Marge, K M A R J. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me and I can't wait to listen to more episodes. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.